This is Detroit Today on 1019 WBET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. The August primary election is just around the corner, and there's a lot on the line here in the city of Detroit. Voters are going to decide who will face off in November for mayor, for city clerk, and for all nine city council positions. And we will decide whether to approve a pretty controversial overhaul of the city's charter, the document that creates the entire framework for city government. Current Detroit City Clerk Janice Winfrey has faced criticism over her entire 16-year tenure in that position. But voters have always decided to keep her in that role since she's run for re-election, including a narrow victory over now Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist back in 2017. Now, several more candidates are trying again to unseat Winfrey. They include legislative staffer Beverly Kendall Walker, legislative aide and educator Michael Richard, and my next guest, who is Denzel McCampbell. He currently serves as communications director for Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib and is also a member of the Detroit City Charter Revision Commission. He joins me now to talk about why he wants to be Detroit's next city clerk. Denzel McCampbell, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. Glad to be on. Mm -hmm. So I should also say up front that we have extended invitations to the other candidates in the clerk's race to join us here uh, on the program, and we're still hopeful that they will. Uh, Clerk Janice Winfrey, of course, has been invited, and the other two challengers uh, are also welcome to come talk about why they would like to be clerk. Denzel, uh, I'm going to start with you with the question of the day. Why do you want to be Detroit's next city clerk? Absolutely. So I'm a Detroit native, born and raised on the east side, and I've been involved in election protection and voting rights work for the last decade. You know, I was the 866 R vote nonpartisan hotline. I was involved in that effort for many of the last election cycles where folks in the city of Detroit and really across the state of Michigan were calling and say, you know, I've been told that I can't vote or I need an ID to vote. And we know in Michigan that's not the case. And I would be one of the folks who make sure that folks actually were able to vote on um, a regular ballot and we were able to participate. And what I've seen in that effort and around voting rights organizing is that we continue to have problems in the city of Detroit when it comes to election administration, when it comes to getting information out um, that is accurate and timely, and also when it comes to educating and engaging folks. We saw record turnout in 2020 across the country, but we didn't see that record turnout in the city of Detroit. And it wasn't because Detroiters didn't care about what's going on. It's because that they weren't they weren't being engaged. And that's why I'm running for Detroit City Clerk, because I know we can be doing so much more when it comes to civic engagement. And of all of the issues that are impacting the city of Detroit and our residents, if we don't solidify our elections, the administration, the engagement, education for residents, um, we won't be able to make the meaningful change that Detroiters are demanding that um, to be made. So talk about the experiences that you've had in the past that make you qualified for this job. What what, what are they? Absolutely. So I'll first start with the election protection and voting rights organizing work that I, I mentioned. You know, I know election law because in that role, we had to know how folks can vote. What, in which ways could they vote? And what were the necessary 
things that folks needed to vote on. So I've been well versed in election law. Again, I would go around to clerks across the state to say, you know, we've gotten a lot of complaints around long lines. So let's work together to make sure that we're setting up your polling locations in a way that can get voters in and out in the most efficient fashion. I work with clerks to say, you know, your polling locations are opening late and we had that problem constantly in the city of Detroit. How can we ensure that you are getting someone there on time to open up your polling location? Because we know that any inconvenience of voters um, could decrease the chance that they are voting. So I've done that work. I've worked with uh, civic engagement groups on educating folks. I Last fall, I ran a $30 million program across eight states on how I managed that program on educating voters on how to vote safely in the midst of a pandemic, where to vote, but also pushing back against the increased and gross misinformation that we saw during the 2020 election. So I'm very aware of the challenges that we're facing when it comes to attacks on the voting rights. I'm aware of Michigan election law. I also have the management skills to, to manage uh, the city clerk's office. But and, and then lastly, when it comes to community organizing, I've organized around various issues around water affordability, equitable development. And what we know is that when we meet folks where they are and connect the issues that they care about to how government is supposed to be working on their behalf, we increase the engagement. Folks then turn out to city council meetings. They call their council member. They call the mayor's office. And then they turn out to vote. And that is the way that we're going to increase participation and engagement and trust in the system of elections and the city clerk's office in the city of Detroit. Mm. So uh, Janice Winfrey, as I said in the open, has been the clerk here in the city of Detroit for 16 years. Uh, she's seeking another term, which would uh, give her a fifth term in that office. Uh, I, I think a lot of the criticism that uh, that people have of her is about the way elections go uh, each time we do them here in the city of Detroit. Talk about why you would be different or, I guess, even better than Janice Winfrey at administering those elections, given the restraints that we have. I mean, uh, I'm always cautioning people to understand the the, the context in which uh, Janice Winfrey works. It's It's an office that has a tremendous amount of responsibility, but not funding that would match that level of, uh, <laughs> of responsibility and that uh, anybody who says they want to do it differently really has to account for how underfunded uh, that office is. So I, I want you to talk a little about the contrast between you and, and, and Janice, uh, but, but also talk about that office and how you'd work within the restraints that, uh, that exist there. Absolutely. And, and Stephen, I want to be clear. I, it is not lost upon me that the job and the role of the Detroit City Clerk is is one that, like you said, is is a difficult one. It's a large role, and one that is underfunded. I definitely agree with that. What we've seen, I would say, the deficiencies that we've seen aren't really around budgeting. It's around making sure that folks have the robust training when we're talking about poll workers, making sure that we're training folks in multiple fashions when we talk about 
whether it's hands-on, visually, um, audio training, the various ways that we know folks across the city learn, and also making sure that our training for poll workers is updated. You know, I was a part of the early planning group for Promote the Vote that turned into Proposal P, I mean, sorry, Proposal 3 in 2018. Um, I've been talking about Proposal P so much, but <laughs> Proposal 3, I was a part of that early planning group. And we saw so many changes in the law to increase accessibility across the state of Michigan. We have to make sure that our poll workers also have that information. So increasing that training. And on day one, I want to make sure that we're talking to employees in the city clerk's office to make sure those employees have what they need to perform in the best in their abilities in their role and also bringing together civic engagement groups to make sure that we are establishing those partnerships to help on the resource side, to help on the people side, to say, I know folks across the city who are ready to help with privacy boosts, that are ready to help with pins, that are ready to help with people. And we just need to make sure that we're having those partnerships and having that feedback loop and accountability in the Detroit City Clerk's office. The other thing I'll touch on is we have to make sure we're increasing even beyond those civic engagement groups, but in schools. I had a roundtable during the um, campaign with educators, and they really want the Detroit City Clerk's Office to be involved in schools K through 12, establishing that foundation of civics and bringing folks up the bringing students up the ladder on how they can be involved in government. And we can also get those folks into the City Clerk's Office to be poll workers, right? To increase that engagement, to have generations of engaged and of engaged electorate. And then I also want to touch on the budgeting. You know, I'm of, of the belief that a government has to have a solid foundation when it comes to elections and civic engagement and education. If we do not have that, what the government does not have a strong leg to stand on. So as we're talking about the funding in the Detroit City Clerk's office, it, we really have to call um, in the elected officials in the city council and the mayor's office to ensure that we're funding the Detroit City Clerk's office adequately and, and giving the Detroit City Clerk's office what they need. And I know we're gonna talk about Proposal P, but as a Detroit Charter Revision Commissioner, I supported language in the charter that will say that says that the Detroit City Clerk's office must be funded in a proportional way to increase civic engagement and education. Our current city clerk wrote back to the commission and asked that that language be struck out. So I know I know about the challenge of budgeting, and we really have to make sure in the city of Detroit that our priorities are in line with elections and civic engagement as well. Hmm. I'm talking with uh, Denzel McCampbell. He is a candidate for Detroit city clerk on the August 3rd primary ballot. Uh, right now he is the director of communications for uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. Uh, we're talking about his candidacy for a Detroit city clerk. We're also going to talk a little later about his role on the Detroit city charter revision commission uh, and talk about proposal P, which is uh, that commission's uh, proposal to, to really radically change uh, the charter here in the city of Detroit. Uh, if you've got questions for Denzel, give us a call. Uh, let us know what questions you might have about the city clerk's office here in Detroit. Lots of controversy, uh, especially in 2020 over voting here in the city of Detroit. Um, but every time we go to ballot here, uh, there are some real questions about how well those elections are administered and whether people's access to the ballot is sufficiently protected by the process. Um, uh, give us a call. Let us what you know what you think are the biggest problems in 
the clerk's office and what you'd like to see done about it. <clears throat> As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. And uh, you can also go to the Facebook page here at WDET or to Twitter and hashtag us, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, let's start with Cindy in the Cass Corridor. Cindy, what's on your mind? Yeah, uh, I've been uh, going down to the uh, clerk's office, and, and the current clerk is suppressing the vote. It, it was only two days ago, finally, after yelling at people, uh, they were collecting the ballots in boxes instead of letting the people get out and drop them in the drop box which I'm not sure is legal. Uh, Reverend Pinkney went to jail for returning somebody else's ballot. Okay. Uh, They don't post anything on the window except something that would suppress the vote if somebody has trouble reading. The big letters say uh, July 19th deadline to register to vote. But then in small print and the way it was written, I wasn't sure. I had to call the state twice to find out that what that means within the two-week uh, window before an election. Cindy, do you have a, a question here for, for, for Denzel or for me? Department of elections, or you can't vote. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you try and register online, mm-hmm. you, you will be able to vote in November, but not in that upcoming t- window. Uh, right before the elections, and uh, that's very unclear the way that's stated. Yeah. But uh, it, Cindy, every, I, I, they finally came out with the voters' guide on mm-hmm. Monday. Mm-hmm. They they f- came out and gave me a list of all the candidates on the same list that qualified to be a candidate by turning in enough petition signatures. Mm-hmm. That was on Monday. They or Tuesday. Cindy, I think I get the gist of where you're going here, and so I want to get Denzel McCampbell to, to respond. Uh, talk about these problems that Cindy's pointing out and the way that people are kept informed about when they vote, how they vote, who they're voting for. Uh, I think a lot of people in the city have complaints about that with regard to the clerk's office. Absolutely. And, you know, I... It's really layers on it. And when we're talking about, Cindy was talking about the voter registration deadline. You know, we have same day, um, we have election day voter registration right now. And that has to be communicated to folks. Mm -hmm. We have uh, folks that are very transient in the city of Detroit who have to update their address to make sure that they're voting in their community. And that is allowed now to do that with the changes that Prop 3 and Promote the Vote brought. That's not being communicated to residents by the Detroit City Clerk's Office. I've done door to doors. I just the other day I had a senior who has voted in every election, and she didn't even know that there was an election coming up on August third because she hasn't received an application or ballot from the City Clerk's Office. Um, I. I get this time and time again. I've done various senior home, um, uh, senior building visits, and I get the same thing. And you know. As Cindy talked about, folks do look out for the uh, elections newsletter, and that just came this week. But folks have been voting um, since the end of June by absentee. We have to make sure, and what I'm going to do as Detroit City Clerk is that we're getting information out early. We're getting out in a repetitive way, and we're also getting accurate information out of when an election is, what's who's on the ballot, what's on the ballot, and how folks can vote, right? I have... Folks are calling me, calling the campaign, saying, I haven't gotten my ballot, I haven't gotten an application, and I can't get out to a satellite location. Hmm. And that means that the chances of them being able to vote are very slim. And, you know, 
we can't have that in the city of Detroit, the city that is being targeted already by Republicans in Lansing when it comes to suppressing the vote. We can't have any of those uh, mistakes or problems here. We have to make sure that we have that robust education using multiple forms of communication, mail, uh, TV, digital ads, radio, this, the community stakeholders, precinct delegates, block clubs, neighborhood associations. We have to make sure all of those partnerships are in place so that people can be educated on how they can take action and be a voice in their city government. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue to learn more about Denzel McCampbell and his candidacy for Detroit City Clerk. We'll also talk to him about his role on the Detroit City Charter Revision Commission and Proposal P, which will appear on the ballot August 3rd. We'll also continue to hear from you, the listeners, Jane in Detroit, Adrian in Detroit, Ron in Detroit, and Bernadette in Old Redford. We'll try to get to you next as well. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Today on 101.9 WDET, I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Talking with Denzel McCampbell, he's a candidate for Detroit City Clerk, also a member of the Detroit City Charter Revision Commission. We're talking about his candidacy, and a little bit we're going to talk about uh, Proposal P, which is the charter revision question on the August 3rd ballot. We also want to hear from you, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. What do you think about the Office of Clerk now, the job that it does managing our elections, uh, and what do you think could be improved? Uh, also, if you have questions for Denzel about his candidacy, uh, this is the time and place uh, to ask them. Uh, Denzel, I want to uh, shift a little to, to talk about uh, your role on the Charter Revision Commission and Proposal P. Uh, there are no sh- There is no shortage of opposition uh, <laughs> to Proposal P, and, and I, I feel like I'm being bombarded in my mailbox, uh, mm-hmm. on billboards, uh, a little bit on television with, with ads that say why I shouldn't vote for it. Um, I want to give you a chance to talk about why you think I should vote for Proposal P and the work that you did with the others uh, to put that together. Absolutely. And I'll definitely touch on the opposition that we're seeing. But what I want to tell folks is that the Charter Revision Commission has spent the last three years after voters decided that we wanted to open up the charter for a revision and then elected a nine-member commission. Spent the last three years uh, having focus groups with residents that were uh, resident ran, uh, getting proposals and revisions in from residents. We had over 500 individual uh, revisions submitted to the commission and actually going through each and every one, doing an analysis that involved a legal analysis, a fiscal analysis, and really a practical analysis on is this something that fits in the charter and is this something that should go to uh, city council or administration. And, and some we did send, um, send over to the city council, but many um, we worked through with community members experts and and, uh, organizations across the city to come up with the revised charter that will be proposal p the people's charter on the ballot for august 3rd and you we really tried to 
have a revised charter that one, increase transparency in government, increase accountability of our officials in our city government, but also increase quality of life and, and try to bring more equity in a city where residents continue to feel unheard by their city government, where residents... I think we have maybe lost our connection. Residents. There you are. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. We, we lost you just for a second. So, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so this document came together for the demand from demands of the residents to increase equity and, and really to increase the quality of life of the various issues that we're seeing across the city. When we talk about water affordability, public transportation, the over-assessment of um, taxpayer, uh, the homes and taxes on homes, and, and even things as we're talking about police accountability, ensuring that police aren't um, a, a military force in the city, but actually serving um, on behalf of folks. So we that's what we try to do in the proposal P. I believe it is a document that is very forward-thinking. It is a document that will increase um, the quality of life for residents and one that folks should really take a serious look at and support. So, so the, the criticism that a lot of people are leveling against Proposal P, some of it is about money, saying that it binds the city government's hands to spend money uh, from unidentified sources of revenue. The other criticism is that the things that are in Proposal P are things that belong on the legislative Table. In other words, they are things that, that should be debated by, uh, by the office holders in the city about policy, that they aren't constitutional kinds of issues that belong in the charter. If you could address both of those criticisms, that would be great. Absolutely. So I, I want to address the, the policy aspect first, and I'll go into the budget. You know, it could be argued that, you know, the city council and the mayor's office should take action on water affordability that the city council and the mayor's office should take action on responsible contracting in the city. But we've had years upon years of residents demanding that the action be taken, and it hasn't. Our, you know, the commission is an elected body, and we had residents come to us to say, we don't want to depend on who's what council is in office, what mayor is in office, because we have tried to do that and our issues have not been taken care of. We want to ensure that our governing document, the framework of our government is set up in a way to ensure that these issues are at least addressed in an appropriate manner. So that's what we do in the uh, charter. We don't, we don't overly prescribe how things should be laid out. We still give the city council and the mayor's office deep discretion on how to carry out these, this framework. We give them the ability to create ordinances and in the best responsible and fiscally responsible way for this, the residents. But we provide the framework and things such as um, how do we take care of environmental justice and, and climate action in the city of Detroit after we've had three instances of flooding in the city in the last month and infrastructure? How do we ensure that Public transportation is accessible to everyone in the city, especially a city that is deeply impoverished. And we used a study that we used a study that DDOT itself um, uh, made and, and recommended, right? So these are things that are in the charter. And I wanted to make sure I address that, that we don't overly prescribe. We still give great leverage and discretion to the city council mayor to perform their duties in the best way possible. And then when we talk about the budget and the, and the money, you know, it's been disheartened to see this number from the city on $500 million a year. 
what I'll tell you, Stephen, is that the commission sent multiple communications to the administration, to the city council, to ask them to come to the table to work with us in a collaborative way to come up with a revised charter. We didn't get a response. We didn't get engagement from the city in this revised charter. We, we asked that you come to, they come to the table to say, how are things working with the current charter and what needs to be changed? We didn't get that engagement, only for a few departments on their own. And when you get to, when we release the, the, the draft discussion, we hear this 500, well, first it was $3.4 billion over the lifespan. And it really was based off, uh, you know, numbers that weren't actually there in the charter. For example, we have language in the charter that says, the city of Detroit shall work to increase employment opportunities for young people. You know, we have the Grow Detroit uh, youth program. We're just saying enhance that to make sure that we're doing that more and more. But the CFO's office came back and said that we have language to that mandates that the city of Detroit hire every young person in the city. Well, you know, while that may be great, that's not the language that's in the revised charter. And so we see these numbers built upon the what they call worst case scenarios, but it's not based on facts of the language in the charter. And the, the other thing I'll say is that we do not have funding mandates of the say, for example, the water affordability uh, plan, which was already passed by a city council, just not implemented. We just say that an ordinance shall be created on the basis to make sure that uh, residents' income that the water rates are or the water bills are not more than three percent of a resident income, which is based off the Environmental Protection Agency's recommendation. But we still leave the discretion to the City Council administration to design how that program will look for residents in the city of Detroit. Uh, these are the things that are in the charter. It will not. Uh, take away pensions. We actually have language to protect the pensioners and pensions in the city of Detroit. It will not impact public services. We actually have language to enhance public services to make sure that city dollars are being used in the most appropriate way, in the most efficient way. So it's been really disheartening to see this attack on the charter, especially from folks that when you ask if they read the whole charter, they haven't. We've seen the, this being funded by corporations like DTE and Blue Cross Blue Shield when we actually enhance our health department and we enhance in um, environmental justice and sustainability. And I really want people to follow the money because these ads are expensive and you're being inundated with it and you have to ask who's paying for this and why are they doing so? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, Denzel McCampbell, uh, it was really great to get to know you a little better here as a candidate for Detroit City Clerk and to hear your really passionate support for the work you did on the Charter Revision Commission and for Proposal P, which people will get a chance to vote on uh, on August 3rd. So uh, again, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hope you stay safe. You too. Okay, that is going to do it for us today. I want to apologize to all of the callers that we had stacked up to talk with uh, Denzel McCampbell. We couldn't get to, to most of you because I had so many questions uh, myself. But, uh, but uh, you, you should go online uh, to Twitter. Uh, and if you have questions for Denzel, I, I'm sure you can post them there and tag him and tag me. Uh, and, and maybe he will be able uh, to answer those questions there. You can also check out WDET's news coverage of elections, which has been really robust, as it always is. Uh, you can go to WDET.org slash vote to find lots and lots of information about Denzel and other candidates and the ballot issues uh, there. 
Okay, come back tomorrow when we're going to hear from two of the candidates who are challenging Mike Duggan for mayor of Detroit in Tuesday's primary, Tom Barrow, who has run a number of times for that office, and Anthony Adams, who used to be Detroit's deputy mayor. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.